0: Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. We don't often read it, but Jesus rejoiced. That should not surprise us, since joy is a spiritual fruit. But the fact is, the Gospels don't mention the joy of Jesus very often. So when Jesus rejoiced, why did he rejoice? And how did he express that joy? Today on Drawing Near, we consider these questions. Please take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 10 as we study Jesus Rejoices. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, as we come before you today, It is interesting, and it is a blessing to know that Jesus rejoiced. If we really think about it, there's no reason why we wouldn't believe that he rejoiced. There were many reasons for him to. And Father, we know that he walked in your spirit, he walked in your presence, and we know that joy comes from you, comes from the Godhead. And so Jesus had to be filled with joy often. Father, we also know that Jesus was a man of sorrow. And acquainted with grief. Walking in a world that rejected him, seeing people filled with sin and taken captive by sin, was a means of great sorrow. And yet, Father, he rejoiced. Help us to understand what caused him to rejoice and how he expressed it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 21, we read In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Luke gives us a clear timeline for this passage. He says, In that hour, so within the very hour, or immediately as the disciples return and share what was going on, and Jesus gives them counsel, gives them encouragement. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. He wasn't just happy; there was a spiritual effect in Jesus's life. He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved him, and he rejoiced in the means of the Holy Spirit. And this is a picture of. Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit working together, affecting one another, and Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. We are told how he rejoiced. He rejoiced by praying. Now notice before we go any further, because he's going to say, I thank you, Father. Jesus is God the Son. He rejoiced in God the Holy Spirit, and now he's talking to the Heavenly Father. That's the same kind of relationship we are to have. We are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection. So we are children of God. We are to walk in the Spirit, rejoice in the Spirit, love in the Spirit. We are to do all things through the power of the Holy Spirit in the Spirit, and we are to connect. We are to pray, worship the Father. So, this triune relationship, this fellowship, is to be ours as well. So, we see Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father all in this first part of verse 21. And so, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. He calls the heavenly Father Lord of heaven and earth. Who is the Lord of heaven and earth? It is not Satan. It is not some governmental entity. It's not any man-made thing. God is Lord of heaven and earth. He's not only Lord of believing or obedient heaven and earth. He's Lord of all heaven and earth, the disobedient. He is Lord of the governments. They may not recognize his lordship, but he is Lord of all. And Jesus identifies him that way. And so in rejoicing, he thanks the Father who is Lord of heaven and earth, and he thanks him for this that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. The Heavenly Father is credited by Jesus, thanked by Jesus for hiding these things, hiding these spiritual truths that we've been discussing over the last couple of studies from the wise and prudent of this world. Those who think themselves wise, those who think themselves knowledgeable, but yet are in darkness when it comes to spiritual things. God hides these things from the wise and prudent and reveals them to babes, to innocent ones, to those who are not of the same intellectual quality or or wise according to the ways of the world, to babes. That refers to you and I. At least I hope it refers to you and I. If we have trusted in Christ as our Savior, it certainly refers to you and I. So God hides these things from the worldly wise, from those people who are puffed up in their own thinking and think that they know something, and reveals them to those of us who are humble and willing to embrace by faith the truths of God's Word, particularly in Jesus Christ. Then Jesus goes on and says, Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. And this makes sense, and this is right, because it seemed good to you. By the way, anything that seems good to the Father is good, because God is perfectly good. In verse 22, he continues talking, saying, All things have been delivered to me by my Father. The Father has delivered everything into the hands of the Lord Jesus. And then he says, No one knows who the Son is except the Father. The Father alone knows exactly who Jesus is. It's not that Jesus came into this world in a covert way. Jesus came in to make himself and the Father known, to direct the Holy Spirit in his ministry on earth in the future. But what Jesus says is, no one perfectly knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know who the Father is perfectly except the Son. God chooses to reveal these things to us. If He doesn't reveal them to us, we'll never know it. We're not going to know who the Son is or who the Father is by intellectual study, by gathering all the theology books of this world together and reading them. Unless God turns the light on in our hearts and lives, we will remain in darkness. That's the truth of this passage. The Father reveals these things to whomever He chooses. And no one knows the Son except the Father, so you're not going to know the Son except through the Father. No one else, nothing else can show it to you, and vice versa. You're never going to know the Father except through the Son. And the only ones who can know the Son, who can know the Father, at the end of verse 22, is the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. If you have come to know the Heavenly Father, it's because Jesus chooses to reveal him to you. And if you come to know the Son, it is because the Father chooses to reveal him to you. Read these verses, because this is very, very important. We cannot know Jesus. We cannot know the Father through our own efforts. We do not find God. We do not find the Son. We are the ones who are lost. They come for us. Then in verse 23, He turns to his disciples and said privately, in other words, not to the multitudes, not to the crowds, blessed are the eyes which see the things you see, not which see the things you have seen, talking about their journey, but blessed are the eyes who get to witness what you get to witness in the ministry of Christ. Jesus goes on in verse 24 and says, for I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear, and have not heard it. Along with those disciples who are present, as witnesses to these events through the Gospels, we need to rejoice because our eyes are blessed to witness these things through faith, through the Spirit. Now, maybe they were more blessed because they were there and present and witnessed these things in a physical, tangible way. But we certainly are blessed because our eyes have been opened. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about things that have been hidden, things that have been revealed, things that have been made known. And now, blessed are the eyes that see these things. Blessed are your eyes who these things have been revealed to. Because many prophets and kings have desired to see and have not seen and to hear and have not heard. What a blessing it is to know that God has chosen to make His Son known to us, and that the Son has chosen to make His Father known to us. We need to rejoice in this just like Jesus rejoices, because remember, Jesus is rejoicing because of the Father's sovereign will over these things. He's rejoicing that the Father chooses to make these things known to babes while hiding them from the wise and prudent. What an amazing passage of Scripture. I hope that you'll continue to ponder these things and read these things and notice the way things are hidden, things are revealed, things are made known, eyes see, ears hear. All of these things work together in these verses. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the eyes that you have opened, for the ears that you have opened, for the hearts that you have filled with your knowledge With the glorious truths of the gospel. We thank you, Father, for sending your Son into this world to make you known to us, to reveal to us the truths of your kingdom. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit, who continues the work of enlightenment in our hearts today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.